trust God with the cleansing and the healing of that stuff if you're in Christ. But you need to write new things on your heart. What are you writing on your heart right now? What are you literally tattooing into your life right now? See, if we're not careful, we begin to think that we're really not tattooing our hearts. But we are. Every single thing you do, every single thing that you ingest and enjoy, everything that you take in by whatever vehicle it comes on in, becomes something that you are permanently placing in your heart. When you watch a happy, sad, or scary film, it affects your mood. What we take in, whether it's watching, hearing, or touching, leaves an imprint on our lives. Today, Pastor Daniel stresses the importance of considering everything we consume and how our hearts can become a reflection of that. Our words and actions tell a story. We'll be challenged to wonder, what's being tattooed on my heart? Is it from the world or is it from the Lord? Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Steroids for Spiritual Growth. done a lot of things in my life. People who've heard my story realize I've had all sorts of experiences. But nobody has ever wondered if I did steroids. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Because everyone's like, yeah, no, no one's ever wondered if you did steroids, Fisco. Steroids. They're not all bad, actually. We hear about them a lot in sports because people use steroids, athletes, to, uh, to bulk up quicker. I remember what it was like. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area when uh, Barry Bonds was, uh, yeah, when Barry Bonds was on steroids. <laughs> and I remember it's like his head got bigger, his shoulders got broader. I was doing a little research. I'm not a scientist. You guys know that. But really what steroids do is every time somebody works out, and again, obviously this isn't my sweet spot, but when somebody works out, every time you, you, you do resistance training with weights, you make these little micro tears in your muscles. And then what your body does is your body produces uh, proteins, and testosterone is the main one, and it, and, and it goes up to that muscle, and it begins to rebuild it. And because you did this little tear, the body, in its way of, uh, of dealing with it, builds it up a little bit stronger. Right? And so that's why if you go to the gym for a long period of time, you keep making those micro tears, and then the body builds it up stronger, and that's how you grow. But what steroids does is it's a, it's a synthetic version of that, where what it does is now it, it makes, when you work out, it brings, there's more testosterone synthetic, synthetically made in your body, and it builds you up stronger, and so you grow faster. Also with the steroids, uh, what it also does is it aids in recovery so that you, you get bigger quicker, your body recovers faster. Now, some of you have taken steroids because you had some sort of a disease that was literally, because of what the disease was doing to your body, the doctor gives you steroids to help your body be stronger so that it can fight whatever is going on. And so steroids, when we think about it, they always seem to be bad because we hear about it in the news. But in a lot of ways, if you think about steroids, the idea is, is it's the recovery of a person from what is broken in them, right? And so I've entitled this message, Steroids 
for your spiritual life. The idea here is that I think for all of us, we want to be growing, right? The idea of steroids, something that is an aid to your recovery so that you can grow more. So I've entitled this Steroids for Spiritual Growth. And these little sections of scripture that we have in the book of Proverbs, I think that if each one of us were to grab hold of each one of these aids to recovery, so to speak, aids for us as we go through life and we have all these experiences, if we would just grab hold of these things, we would grow spiritually. So open up in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, as we continue this series that we're calling hashtag God's Tweets, in the book of Proverbs. And we're going to take verses 1 to 12 today. And, and it's beautiful here because I have just five simple points, five simple aids, so to speak, for us to grow with. This is a, a classic section of scripture. Um, many of you, as I read it, you'll be like, hey, I've heard that before. Hey, I've heard that before. Hey, I've heard of that before. So let's read it together. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. It says, my son... Do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. You can see why we call this series God's Tweets. There's a number of those little, you guys put them up on Twitter, 140 characters, gems of wisdom. Now, my goal today is to give you really five real practical street level things that if you're a, a note taker or you like to jot things down, that you can grab this stuff and literally just put them right into your life. Notice first, in verses one, two, three, and four, it's simple. You and I need to get a heart tattoo. Get a heart tattoo. You never thought about that, did you? Look at what it says. It's beautiful. I got this right out of the book of Proverbs. Notice. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You like that? Write them on the tablet of your heart. That's where I get a, get a heart tattoo. So what does it mean? Here we are reminded in the book of Proverbs that 
the law. Notice it's my son, right? So this is a loving father. The whole book of Proverbs is the wisdom of a father for his child saying, this is what I want for you. Don't forget my law. Let your heart keep my commands. Verse three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Every single moment of your life and my life, we are tattooing our heart. We are writing things on our heart. Whatever it is that you put into your life, whatever it is you put into your eyes, that becomes something that you are literally tattooing on your heart. Now, you think about a tattoo, right? A tattoo is once you get it, it's there for life. Sure, you can get all sorts of skin grafts and stuff to try and get it off, but it's always there. We often don't realize that about the things that we do, the people that we are, that whatever it is that you put into your life, that is literally getting tattooed on your life permanently. I've been talking about that with Obadiah, my, my oldest, because Obadiah is at that age now where, especially with school now, I mean, I can't believe it. They get computers at school. He's in third, fourth grade here at Cornerstone. We have a great technology program. I remember like every once in a while when I was in elementary school, they'd take us to a computer lab. You know, and now it's like literally it's part of their curriculum of how they're learning because the way the technology is run. So Obadiah is actually better at the computer than everybody in my family. So if, my, if my, the computer doesn't work, we just grab Obadiah. He knows how to fix it. Nobody else does. But we've been talking with Obadiah because I had to, of course, like a, like a good, wise parent, I can, I'm concerned about what Obadiah is writing on the, what he's tattooing on his heart. So I had to go through and we had to get all sorts of filtering softwares and all this stuff because I don't want my little guy who's looking for like some special game to end up stumbling on something that he's going to see that's going to change his life. Right? And so, and sure enough, we had to put all the passwords and everything on the computer and on the, you know, on Netflix and all this stuff. And I remember Obadiah was like, I just don't understand. I don't really like, we have this thing called net nanny. I don't like this net nanny thing. And I'm like, yeah, you don't like being babysat on the internet, eh? Because it literally filters out everything that we won't let go through, right? And he's like, I don't understand. Why are we doing this? I'm like, hey, listen, buddy, this is why we're doing this. Because everything that you see is going to become a permanent part of your life. It is. Whatever you put it, it gets tattooed, so to speak. It's written on your heart. And it's going to be there forever. And I remember in my own life, the first time when I was a young man and I saw something pornographic, I still can remember exactly where I was. Actually, I remember probably the first 10 times. As a, a young man in my early teenage years, I remember exactly what I saw. It's a snapshot in my mind. It's a reminder that what we place in our lives gets written on our hearts. And you and I, we can't go back and change what has already been written on our hearts, but... You know what it's like. Let's say I had a friend like this, poor guy. When we were in college, we were a little crazy. And he got a, a tattoo of the Tasmanian devil with a beer mug and a bong. <laughs> now, when you're like 20 years old, that sounds kind of cool. Except you're not always 20 years old and it's not always cool. It's funny. We, we lived in New Jersey and, and this buddy of mine, he grew up, he got married. He had these kids, these beautiful little girls. And he's got all these crazy tattoos, one of which is the one I share with you. And he'd go to the Jersey Shore in the summer with a, with a, a turtleneck on, a long sleeve shirt. Because he got saved and all of a sudden he felt really embarrassed about it. And he's like, I can't take all these things off. I'm like, well, you could actually get more tattoos and now rope all that stuff into something that's actually beautiful. And he's like, hey, that might be a good idea. See, I use that example because you can't rewrite what you've already put in your heart. 
we trust God with the cleansing and the healing of that stuff if you're in Christ. But you need to write new things on your heart. What are you writing on your heart right now? What are you literally tattooing into your life right now? See, if we're not careful, we begin to think that we're really not tattooing our hearts. But we are. Every single thing you do, every single thing that you ingest and enjoy, everything that you take in by whatever vehicle it comes on in becomes something that you are permanently placing in your heart. And I love the exhortation to get a heart tattoo, but get a heart tattoo that includes my law, the Torah, God's word. Let your heart keep my commandments, the idea of being obedient to the things that God encourages us. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Beautiful words. That the idea of, of, of mercy is literally the word chesed in, in the Hebrew, which literally means covenant faithfulness. That's why some of your translations say love there or covenant love. See, God wants you and I, whatever our past was, God wants you and I to be tattooing new things on our heart. I can't go back and redo a lot of the dumb things that I did. I just commit them into the hands of the Lord, trusting that God can bring beauty out of the ashes of my life. But I do have control over what I tattoo in my heart today, and so do you. Let God's word tattoo in your heart. Let the things that glorify God be writing that stuff into your life. You should ask yourself, what am I tattooing on my heart? The idea of getting a heart tattoo was big for me because I'm like, it has this idea of permanency. It has this idea that it's not just nothing. No, this is a permanent part of my life from here on out. I'll never forget, when I was 18 years old, I got a tattoo. I remember calling my mom a couple days after my 18th birthday. I said, Mom, I'm going to get a tattoo. She said, please don't. I said, Mom, I'm going to get a tattoo. Please don't. And then she just said again, please don't. <laughs> but I was 18. So guess what? I got a tattoo. I'll never forget when my daughter Maranatha saw it for the first time. When she was old enough, she said, Daddy, you have such a bad boo-boo on your leg. She kissed it and prayed for that God would heal it. <laughs> I was like, man. So I just called and she's like, well, you know, what's that? It's my boo-boo. It's my boo-boo. It's a permanent part of my life. Whatever it is that you take in, that becomes a permanent part of who you are. That's how serious life is. Notice the consequence or the fruit of getting a heart tattoo that honors God. Notice verse two, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Look at verse four, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Everything in your life has a consequence to it. Everything in your life bears some sort of a fruit. And if you and I get a heart tattoo when the things of God are being written onto our hearts as we read God's word and as we spend time in prayer, as we roll up our sleeves in self-sacrificial service, as we choose to meditate on the things that are good and perfect and lovely and beautiful instead of the things that are debased and degrading and demeaning. Peace comes and blessing and flourish. I mean, all these pictures are pictures of of flourishing, long life, length of days, peace, favor, and high esteem with God and people. This is not small things. So you and I need to get a heart tattoo that is honoring to God 
What does that look like for you? Ask yourself that. Write it down right now. Say, in order to get a heart tattoo that will bring me blessing, I need to be a person of God's word. I need to get myself back into the work of ministry because along the way, I got tired. Now what I used to spend my time helping other people, now I just spend it on myself in the flesh doing nothing that has any eternal value. We all need to get a heart tattoo. What does it look like for you? Write it down. Make it real. Sometimes when you write those things down, it's a concrete now. Now it's like I got to look at it again. I actually said it out loud. I wrote it down. What does it look like for you? We, God wants to give us a heart tattoo because we keep ourselves close to him. Beautiful. Notice, next, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I love Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. It's one of the first scriptures I ever memorized. I remember reading it in a book. I'm like, ooh, I need to know that one. What does it teach us? That we need to trust and acknowledge. We need to trust and acknowledge. That word trust, Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It literally means to lie helpless face down. It's a very vivid picture. It's the picture of what people would do when they came before a king or a servant before their master. It's complete surrender and submission to God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I think for a lot of us, we don't know how to do this. We believe in God, but we don't know how to trust God. There's a difference between believing in God and trusting God. I once heard the analogy that when we believe in God, it'd be like if I had a chair here, like a nice four-legged chair, and if I stood here and I said, I believe that that chair can hold me. It's a chair. I've seen many of them. I've sat down in many of them. It's got four legs. It looks good. I believe it can hold me. That's one thing, but trust is when I actually sit down and lift my feet off the floor. See, trust is not just a, an intellectual idea, a mental ascent. It's actually in action, putting yourself all of your weight on that chair, so to speak. I think for many of us, we believe in Jesus, but we don't trust him. We're, we, we believe that God is powerful, but we really don't, aren't willing to surrender everything to him and say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my life and my ideas of life, but your ideas of life. You want to get bulked up spiritually? Start trusting God. Start identifying all the things in your life that you know that God is saying, hey, I want this thing in your life, and I want this thing in your life. And everything that you bristle at, write that down and seek to do it. What would your life look like if you trusted the Lord with all your heart and you chose not to lean on your own understanding? We all know what it's like to lean on our understanding, right? See, the problem with when we trust in our own understanding instead of trusting in the Lord is we always end up being limited by what we don't realize, what we don't know. We always end up selling ourselves short because our understanding only goes so far. And so God never invites us into a life that lines up with our understanding because that is not God's life for us. That is our lives for ourselves from what we can understand. God's life for us is a walk of faith. And you know what the problem with walking by faith is? As I've said many times, you got to walk by faith. Faith happens when you can't understand how it's going to go. 
See, sight and faith are opposites. Sight is like, I can see this. Sight is, this is what I understand. This is how I know it's going to work. But faith is, everything I understand goes to here, and then this is where God steps in. Peter and the apostles, they couldn't even have fathomed what Jesus called them to. I mean, Peter just denied the Lord, and then he's the one preaching at the day of Pentecost some 50 days later. He's two months out of denying Jesus, and he's opening his mouth full of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people get saved. He could have never believed after what happened and the mistake that he had made that he would be that person standing there. Human understanding would be like, no, no, Peter, man, Peter's just a train wreck. We need to learn how to submit and surrender to the Lord, trusting him. Even me saying that, I realize that everybody gets some red flags in their hearts in different places because we all are learning how to trust the Lord. The person here who's been walking with Jesus the longest knows what it's like to be like, I don't know how to trust the Lord. In this one situation, how am I going to do it? Because it's never something that you conquer. It's a journey that we're on. And the key for us is to be willing to acknowledge, God, I struggle with trusting you here, and I make decisions based on my limited understanding here, 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 and here. And God, I want to learn how to submit and surrender to you because you know how to better live my life than I ever could. Beautiful. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, notice that acknowledgement it, in all of your ways. Not, it doesn't say in all of your thoughts. It speaks of a life of action. And you and I, our lives spiritually are lived out every day. We know what is in our hearts by how we choose to live every day. God doesn't want just our words to acknowledge him, but our actions to acknowledge him. Our actions are the windows into where our heart's treasures are. Brothers and sisters, what testimony does our actions have? See, I love how the Lord personalizes everything. It's never about it being somebody else's thing. It's like, no, what do I do? Do you ever notice that when someone does something you don't like, we do something, if we look at it, that we don't like either, but we feel justified in doing it because the other person did it? Oh, well, they're acting that way, so I'm going to act this way. See, we are responsible for the way in which we live. And when you and I, in our ways, acknowledge him, when we say, God, not only is my belief grid yours, but my whole life is yours, how I live and move and have my being, I want to acknowledge you. Because when we do that, it says, and he shall direct your path. I love that word, shall. It doesn't say he might direct your path. He's like, he will. If we say, Lord, I'm going to surrender completely to you, and I'm not going to lean on my own. I'm not going to find support in what I understand. In all my ways, in the way that I live, God, I'm going to acknowledge you. And then it says, and God will direct your paths. There can only be one leader, my friends. You are either driving your own life or you are learning how to trust God and acknowledge Him in the ways that you go and He will direct your paths. Jesus is real. Everything you take in becomes a permanent part of your life. 
That was the message today as Pastor Daniel impressed on us the importance of only allowing things into our lives that are spiritually nurturing. What you see, hear, and touch creates imprints on your heart. Giving is one of the central themes in the Bible. Believe it or not, it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught. Like prayer and serving others, money is an outlet of spiritual power. When it's released into ministry, God does amazing things with it. To understand what it means to be a Christ follower, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly supporter of Jesus is Real Radio. For more information, log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thanks, Josh. Pastor Daniel would like to invite you to join him each day on Facebook for his two-minute messages. Pastor Daniel shares from his heart and God's Word in a way that will impact your life. It's the perfect way to inject a little bit of Jesus into your routine. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links to the two-minute messages. Now, here's Josh with a preview of what Pastor Daniel will be covering in the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share about how to get bulked up spiritually. We can listen but not truly hear, see, and not truly understand. We'll find out how to grow in the Lord by letting Him rearrange our hearts. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled God Tweets. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is Real Radio.